0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota
1: Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: All right, talking with Brennan Scarborough, the Flying Hawaiian, the Broadcasting extraordinaire, Northwestern. By the way, we are both graduated. Congratulations on getting done with college. Uh, well, you haven't officially walked yet, but I've officially walked. You're going to be walking very soon. Uh, congratulations, we made it. We made it through four years, and now all we have left is to just enjoy the rest of these playoffs in the NBA Finals. I'm so excited.
1: Yep, yep. And I am... I, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy for you as well. You know, it's been a crazy four years. But yeah, it's time to enjoy some playoffs, baby. It's enjoy. It's, we need to see this one out. It's, it's getting really interesting.
0: It really is. And we were just talking, and I decided to throw on uh, the mic and start recording. And we were just talking about the the 76ers the mishap they had with the confetti uh, and the the Boston Celtics they play right right now we're recording this Monday morning they play tonight and so uh, that that could be that could be the end of the series for the 76ers is there a way that they get swept I mean I know that Game four, uh, when you're down 0-3, there's a lot of desperation time. It just feels like there, there's nothing that they, they've dug into the well, and there's nothing that they've been able to pull up against the Celtics defense. Credit to Brad Stevens and, and the system that they've been running. But also, Jalen Brown getting healthy. This The Celtics team, team just keeps adding teeth uh, despite the injuries to stars like Kyrie Irving and, and Gordon Hayward. It doesn't seem like the 76ers will have anything else that they can pull out. Is there anything you can think of that they could do differently in Game 4 that they haven't tried for the, the three games that we've already seen?
1: I Honestly, I, I don't know. and I, I just think... The only thing that I could see them being able to do is, you know, you really, gotta, you really are going to need a big game from your superstars. You know, I, we were talking about this before. Ben Simmons was only one point in the previous game, and Covington as well. And Embiid has been playing good, pretty good throughout, but you need your players, especially who's your future superstar, or you've just signed to a bigger contract to show up in these games because this is why this is where you make your money not during the regular season you know what i mean not during yeah. the you know the early season no it, this is when you earn your paycheck and I, I honestly they haven't been so far
0: no it's just it's kind of ridiculous how uh funneling everything through Embiid. it's is it, it's there's something be said about the Celtics being okay with the 76ers funneling their offense through Embiid, and it, it has led to a 0-3 game. I know that there's a lot more going on, but a big portion of it is that Joel Embiid is taking most of the shots. You saw the other game, 26 shots for him. It is crazy that him taking the most shots is really hurting the 76ers. Yeah, yeah I would say so as well, but not
1: only that is, yeah, he's taking the most shots, but he's also not getting a lot of production around him. And I don't know if he's—I don't know if he's at the point right now in his game where you know he can put up a lot of shots, but still you know facilitate the ball to people around him. But yeah, I think the Celtics are fine with it, and as you can see, the result hasn't paying off.
0: Well, and the question when I think about this too is: Are these guys old enough, or do they have enough? Uh, weight in the locker room to to kind of sway a team to kind of rally this team just because I'm thinking uh, about LeBron when he's down in a series or uh, even early on like against the the Pacers this year when he has to when he has to take command and he's yelling at guys and he's getting in guys' faces about different things that they're doing. Do do you think that Embiid and Simmons have that kind of weight in the locker room? Because if if it's not them, I'm trying to think of in this roster, who it would be. And there's just not, nobody that really jumps out in my mind that could really kind of rally the troops for this game four if you're not the head coach or if it's not one of these big name guys.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say probably not. They, they probably have the weight. But I mean, I, I don't know if they've been playing honestly well enough to be like, yeah, you deserve to be listened to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think that we've seen the best effort out of Ben Simmons. And, you know, Embiid has been playing well, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's your top guy right now, you know? Um, you know, like we were talking about Al Horford earlier. Al Horford has played well enough to where if he's in the Celtics locker room and he's an old enough veteran enough presence that if he was to say something to like, people, listen, I don't really know if Joel Embiid is at that spot yet right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. I, uh, I, I'm excited just because I was never on the the Simmons Rookie of the Year train, and I think that this, I think that there's a real case to be made for Donovan Mitchell. I know that uh, the the votes, I'm pretty sure like the, the votes are already filed in, aren't they? Before the playoffs, right? I'm pretty,
1: I'm pretty sure by the last game they already know who it is. But I think, I mean, this just shows you Donovan Mitchell's for real. You know, Donovan Mitchell is playing his best basketball in the playoffs.
0: Well, and this was my point headed into the playoffs was – that Donovan Mitchell, we've seen him make big shots before. Like Rudy Gobert was out. You had uh you had Ricky Rubio who who is going to want to pass the ball first before he's taken those last second shots. You don't have Gordon Hayward on the team anymore. And so the guy making those those make or break shots in the last five minutes of the game, and the guy taking the ball up the floor in the last minute of the game was a lot of times, especially through those two months when they really got back into playoff position, it was Donovan Mitchell. And so if I'm taking if my superstar is Ben Simmons who can pass the ball around and can make plays defensively and is hard to guard because he's 6'11 and a point guard and can drive to the basket, that's all great. But Donovan Mitchell can actually knock down shots and he, can, he actually has a shot too. And so Donovan Mitchell, I think his ceiling can get better on defense and I think the tools are there for him. But as far as Rookie of the Year this year, I think that he's just proven it because there's been more times where he, he has put the, the team on his back at the end of a game and not just, not just made a really good presence in the, the first half of a game.
1: Yeah, he, he has been playing outstanding. And, you know, it's, it's tough to see them go against a team like the Rockets. You know, Donovan Mitchell, I, I would say that Donovan Mitchell definitely has less, you know, he has less options. Than Ben Simmons does right now, mm-hmm. but I mean it's just really tough because you you know that he could be playing better if he had more options on the team, especially like the Rockets on a team that's kind of off and on. But you know he's been playing really well, and if you could still vote to this point, Donovan Mitchell I think would definitely be end of the Year.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just the things he he because he's not just a shooter too. I know at that shooting guard spot, but when the rookie Ricky Rubio went down uh, in that uh, what was the game six of the the Thunder series, and he hasn't been able to play against the against the Rockets, and so you saw uh, right away in the first game Donovan Mitchell a lot of a lot of scoring, but then the, he they saw that they needed the adjustment, and so the next game. Uh, there he's there with the the seven assists in the first half, and so he's able to change his game. He's able to find open guys and get assists. He's able to be the scorer, and I think that his defense is just going to get better. And so I, I like him uh, going forward a lot, and I, I think that he has proven himself as Rookie of the Year just because, like you're saying, I, you trust him. You trust him in the last minute of the game to knock down a shot, and you can trust Simmons to to pass the ball and to and, and to find an open guy in that last minute of the game. That's all well and good, but I like my my main guy, my number one guy on the team, to be able to knock down that shot from outside too. And I think Ben, I think Donovan Mitchell gives you a little bit more right now than Ben Simmons does.
1: Absolutely, and you know I see Donovan Mitchell, Rookie Rubio. I see that relationship. Honestly, a lot like Tony Parker and Monta Ginobili, in the sense that Ricky Rubio and Tony Parker had to hand, have to handle the ball because they they aren't the best shooters on the court. You know, they've got really good vision, they play pretty good defense, and you know they you know they can drive, they can make layups, and they they're really good at facilitating. They're not the best shooters, and even though Donovan Mitchell and Monta Ginobili could handle the ball for their teams, it's better for them to be the shooting guard. To kind of be that dual threat guy, you
0: know? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, if I'm looking at the the rest of the playoffs Uh, or the rest of the playoff picture, and you're kind of looking at the other rookies. Where do you slide in the the other guys just as far as how impressed you've been with their performance? I've really been impressed with Jason Tatum, obviously stepping into the bigger role nicely. He uh, went from averaging 13 points in the regular season. to He's averaging right now 18 points per game in the playoffs. Big jump for him. He's just really stepping in and fitting into that production. Uh, And then you have uh, a guy I think a lot of people forget about on the Raptors, O.G. Ananobi. Uh, For for Toronto, uh, the forward he's done a good job. Uh, I know that LeBron just feasts against the Raptors, but he's done a good job of defending him in a few of these games, Uh, and and he's he's held his own. He hasn't made he hasn't been just just stomped like we've seen plenty of guys uh, stomped by LeBron before, and I know that LeBron has. He's eaten plenty well this playoff series against Toronto, but still a rookie trying to just do his best against uh, one of the best players in the world and one of the best players ever to play. Uh, I, thought he, I thought he's I thought he been doing fairly well in the playoffs, and I think that he has a pretty great ceiling to jump to as well. So as far as the rookies that you see around the playoffs that aren't Simmons and Mitchell, is this class maybe one of the best classes we've seen in the last five years just because of how they've adapted to the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I would say so. You know, we have, I mean, if we are doing that Simmons is a rookie thing, um, you know, just even with uh, OG, with Simmons, and with Mitchell, this is a really good class that shows, and Tatum as well, that shows a lot of maturity. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, all people who are leading their team as rookies. You know, it's not really easy to do that. You know, coming in and being like, hey, I'm going to be a main contributor. I'm going to be a guy that our team can trust as a rookie. You know, not easy. Especially with Jason Tatum. You know, you had two superstar uh, players both go out, you know, early on. And Jason Tatum really needing to mature three, four years past, you know, what he's supposed to be right now just in order to keep up. So definitely a very, very interesting and very talented class that we're seeing today.
0: Gonna take a break for some sponsors before we get back to this playoff conversation with the Flying Hawaiian. Here with Brennan, the Flying Hawaiian, talking some playoff basketball. Just finished a conversation talking about rookies. No, you have to head out, but I want to talk about one last thing: the Warriors and Pelicans. Watching them the other day, they the Warriors came back with a 118-92 victory over the Pelicans after the Pelicans did a great job grabbing a victory at home. 119-100, uh, did a great job getting Anthony Davis the ball a lot in the second half of that game, doing a good job feeding a bunch of their offense late to him after kind of doing a lot of things in the first half that opened him up later on in the game. Second game you saw Kevin Durant really take over, 38 points from him. Uh, Seven Curry had 23, you had 13 from Klay Thompson. Just a great. It was a great performance from Kevin Durant coming in and saying I know Curry's back it really felt like it was a performance day. I know Curry's back and I know he might have uh, been the leader of this team it kind of was his season season despite the injuries uh, for most of the year from him but I can go toe-to-toe with Davis and I'm going to take over this game and he he had the 38 points Uh, great he shot 55% from the floor uh, what did you think of this performance from the Warriors, and can the Pelicans sneak out another game, or is it going to be a gentleman's sweep going back to Oakland here?
1: You know, I was, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and I heard someone say, Kevin Durant is like LeBron. Every time they talk about him, Kevin Durant gets a, like, a couple inches taller, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> so true. Like, I, I, It's just so hard to guard somebody tall and as long as the wingspan as he has and who can shoot as well as he can and you know and every time someone talks about lebron he gets an inch taller and like 50 pounds heavy you know what <laughs> i mean like it's crazy and you know in my head i'm like you know for sure james Harden's best one-on-one offensive player and then i watch kevin durant i'm like holy crap like he might be the one-on-one best one-on-one offensive player like lights out from the warriors you know, I was listening to another thing today. I, I, you, know, you know me, Colton. Consuming content left and right. You know what I mean? I, can't, I just can't stop sports <laughs> content-wise. Um, but I was listening to another guy, and he was saying, you know, what makes the Warriors good is that they're beating you in every single way that an NBA team can beat you. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to beat you down low. They're going to beat you outside. They're going to beat you mid-range. Whatever they need to do to beat you, that's what makes them so great. And that's what we're seeing from the Warriors. Sure, Anthony Davis is going to go off the game prior. But then you have Kevin Durant that's going to be like, "All right, I got that. Let me match you with this you know and it's just outstanding play from the Warriors. and it's really scary. other teams of the West looking at this going forward, I would say, and they
0: talk about when somebody's struggling, they have a- like a a couple spots on the floor that they go to, right uh, when when a shooter is struggling. And Durant was never struggling, but there was always the, the that shot he took, kind of uh, from the elbow, right next to the the free throw line, or when he was kind of from that eighteen foot range outside the free throw line, or right in front of it. That area, that like ten foot area, right around the free throw line. Every time he went to it early on, he was money. And so when he got a pass right there, you knew that he was going to shoot. There was a shot where he was right next. Drew Holiday was on him, and his face was actually right in front, or his hand was right in front of the face of uh, Kevin Durant, and he just, just plunked it right, plunked it right into the bucket from that range, and you knew he was just going to be automatic from there all game long. And so when he did go to other spots, uh, he was already so in rhythm because he was hitting from from a couple specific areas, and you knew that he was going to be money. So when they were down uh, by what was it, ten or fifteen uh, in the second quarter, you, you knew that you could get a bucket from him right there whenever you wanted, and so that helped kind of generate offense uh, from there, especially in the second half for the Warriors. You saw the 33-19 third quarter for the Warriors. You can can put Durant right there, and when you pass it to him, the defense is going to kind of fade to him because of the way he was hitting in the first half, and that opened up shooters later in the game from outside. And to have somebody who you know uh, you can go to, and they're going to get. They're going to find a way to get a bucket. It's just crazy how much that helps. Even when you have guys like Clay Thompson and Curry already on your roster, it helps so much to have a guy like Kevin Durant, who you know is going to be automatic from inside the three-point range. That that helps your three-point shooting so much, especially you see it in that second half of the game.
1: Yep, absolutely. And you know, again, Kevin Durant, and it's it's unfair almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have you have Kevin Durant. You, Anyone, him, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry can go off at any point. Draymond Green can drop like 25 if he wanted to. Like, it's just, it really is unfair. At some point, does the NBA just go like, hey, look, here we go. LeBron, you need to go to somewhere a little bit more exciting because this is too irritating to watch.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I just know that when you have Durant, on the team with Curry and Clay Thompson, even if K- Clay Thompson and Curry aren't feeling, they weren't feeling it early in this game. But even if they aren't, you know, eventually it's going to break open for him just because the defense, the defense just can't hold up. You know, it, I mean, credit to the the Pelicans for grabbing a game. But the the defense just can't hold up when you don't have any bench. And so when guys like uh, Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo are playing over thirty minutes a game, and they're the guys who are kind of defending the back backcourt, and you don't you can't depend on really anybody else to do that, the defense is not going to hold up. And so it's just it's such a bummer for the Pelicans because it was a really fun series against the Blazers that they were able to sweep, and they looked really good. And now they've just hit a buzz saw that is the Warriors. And so if I'm looking at this game is it is the biggest concern you look at like fast break points 15 11 in favor of the Warriors in that first half there are a lot of times where Davis and and a guard are running down the floor and they're just not able to convert on on a layup that should be fairly easy and and should be fairly routine in the fast break and then you look at Rajon Rondo six points six assists and you kind of breeze past it when he has four points 21 assists but when he's not able to get double digits in either category uh, especially assists where he's so good is that kind of gonna to come back to haunt the the Pelicans? You think in the game five that they're going to have in Oakland, or do you think that there's a way where Rondo can can just get right back on the horse and get back to average to the double digit assists and the points aren't really
1: going to be a problem? I would say that he he's going to need to be in the double digit assist uh, column. You know, not taking super high risk shots. This is a game where you play efficiently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not trying anything crazy. In Game Five, you're trying to just you know come out with a win. You know, do what you're good at. A lot of assists, a lot of good defense from Rondo, and I know that he can keep up. and I know that he can do that. So, I mean, if they just stick to their game, if the Pelicans are able to convert, like, if, and if they're able to just be efficient, I think they can come away with a win in this one.
0: Well, and Rondo shot horribly, two for ten in this one, but he got to the line for four attempts and you only knocked down one of them. If you can actually knock down your free throws, he's fat he's so fast. And so he can drive in and if you're not going to make the layup, at least try and get some fouls and get to the line uh four or five six times and if you can knock down free throws and you're adding in some uh, d- a double-digit assist game. Now at least you're contributing in a few ways, and you're you're forcing guys to kind of double you to keep guys out of foul trouble, and you're opening shooters up outside. But if you're not knocking down shots, and you're not even going to be a threat threat from the free throw line, you're really kind of neutralizing part of your offensive game if you're Rondo. And I know the assists are the big thing when you're talking about Rondo, and he's really good at playmaking and opening people up, and that's kind of his big talent there. But you do have to do some things scoring-wise to help with that. Otherwise, you're not going to draw the defense the same way.
1: So what I'm hearing is that he has the outside shooting ability of Ricky Rubio with the free throw shooting ability of LeBron James. (laughs) A very wow. dynamic all around player that anybody wants on their roster
0: just flames flames oh my goodness uh you know what i would take the free throw shooting ability of lebron james if it means that he's not going over f- or 1 for 4 from the from the line that's more like that's more like last year's andre drummond kind of territory that's
1: andre drummond i was about <laughs> to say that or dangerously Jordan. close yeah.
0: dangerously close to that kind of territory i i don't know i I liked watching the Pelicans. I really like watching Rajon Rondo. I loved watching him with Kevin Gurnett in his days as a Celtics player. And so I kind of have a a special place in my heart for playoff Rondo. And I enjoy watching Anthony Davis, but I think that this one's over in game five. Yeah, I I can see
1: that happening. It'll be tough. We'll
0: see what happens. All right. Any crazy predictions you got for us uh, before we head out here, or is it just going to be pretty chalk?
1: I think I mean, I mean, think you can chalk it up. I think it's going to be... I think Rockets put it away. I think Warriors put it away. I think everybody puts it away that we think is going to. I mean, there's just a lot of questions come uh, Eastern and Western Conference Championships. But, I mean, that's for another day, I guess. But, you know, I think right now, I think it's pretty... I don't think anything's happening. I don't think no one's coming back from 3-0, 3-1. Yeah,
0: that's fair. I th- I just think that the teams that are up right now really know what may they they really know themselves they really have a handle on what they what they do and obviously that's easy to say about a team like the Warriors with four all-stars on their on their roster but I think even teams like the Celtics know what really makes them good I think that the Cavaliers ha- have figured out a way to to make it so that if they can just get another uh, enough guys working around LeBron and I think they they finally have figured out maybe a way the Kevin Love has had two good games in three with the against the Toronto Raptors. Not something you could say when they were playing the Pacers and certainly not something you could say when they were playing in the regular season that he could have uh, two out of three great games. And so I think they figured out a way to play him alongside LeBron and I don't think they need... Tristan Thompson to have a really great game To to do well against the Raptors Like people were saying after game one And so it just feels like all these teams really know What they need to do to beat the team they're playing And so I think you're right I think it will be pretty chalk And I think that we're looking at, at The the conference finals of Warriors, Rockets And, and uh, Cavs, Celtics And it's going to be sooner rather than later That those happen These series are not going to be extended too far so, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what we have for you guys. And thank you so much to, to Brandon for doing a podcast on the fly, doing one kind of off the cuff and, and joining us this morning. Appreciate it, Flying to Wine.
1: Of course. Love it. Thanks uh-huh. for having me
0: on. And thank you to listeners for tuning in to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota
1: Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.